What's up, quality people? We're here. You better watch your surroundings, ain't that right? Oh my god. <laughs> Help. Yeah, told you, watch your surroundings. That's the name of this show. Hey, quality's in the house. We about to shut it down. Shout out to Mayday. He's here with us. Mayday. You all are early. I'm actually awake for this, so uh, yeah, we had to do a late night stream, but we are back. And quality people, I need you to, because we're on a mission to spread some practical religions. We have three, where is it, three quality segments coming up for you today. We're going to be going over attachments, going to be going over the secret life, but also how that relates to the private life and the public life. And this is going to be, ah, <laughs> we've got TJ3 history in the house. Turtleneck game strong today. You know, I had a meeting at the bank mm -hmm. and, you know, you can't just walk into a bank, you know, looking like a bum. You got to go looking like some money, you know, right. it's a bank, right? I like it. Shout out to TJ. Um, let's see. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about the secret life, private life, public life. And then that's all going to lead into being equally yoked because who was it that uh, suggested that we cover that topic the other day? Maxo. Maxo, that is correct. So shout out to Maxo. Hopefully he tunes in today um, so that he can see, you know, the topic suggested, he requested. Uh, the yeah. topic he requested. If not, then catch the segments that we drop. We drop daily segments every single day at 3 30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you miss a segment and you're like, man, I wish I would have saw that, look for our daily videos to upload. All right, so watching your surroundings. Kenya, first reactions. What, is, what do you think of when it comes to that phrase? I know it's a broad phrase, but what do you think watching of? Watching your surroundings? Uh, first thing that comes to my head is like protecting yourself, like being aware, I guess. Like okay. if you're in the... Um, I guess for females in particular, like when you're walking in the parking lot, don't just be on your phone while you're walking, like pay attention mm. what you're doing, you know? Yeah, that's good. I think a lot of people, when it comes to this phrase, watch your surroundings, they're often thinking about the things that are around them or people specifically that are around them. Like watch your six, like there might be enemies here, there might be enemies there. But sometimes enemies aren't necessarily people, but they can be things, like mm. they could be the tools that we are using in our daily lives. But it turns out if you abuse that, then it becomes less of you using the tool and more of the tool using you, mm -hmm. which leads us into our first topic, attachments. So um, we actually kind of talked about, you know, attachments and being maybe detached so that we can have peace. But ultimately, well, detaching from the things of the world, but attaching to the things that God has for you mm -hmm. to attain that ultimate peace um, yesterday. So this kind of leads into a video that we have um, that was actually sent in by Miss Lisa Bell. That's oh, your cool. neighbor, right? Yeah. yeah she well, DM'd me. Friend, yeah. Or your friend, yeah. She DM'd uh, me this video on Instagram. And I was like, I think that's Miss Lisa that oh, cool. uh, Kenya always talks about. And so I was like, oh, yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and react to this. Before we get into that, I got a question. And that question is, what tools are you attached to? So oftentimes you hear about being attached to people. Well, what tools are you attached to? Are you attached to... You know, the phone, 
Are you attached to video games? Are you attached to, you know, Netflix. beating your face, Netflix, <laughs> whatever? What things are you attached to? And we're also going to be talking about oh, what should we do instead of being attached to these things. Let's dive in to our first video. It's hard it's for young people, people now because they're, they're, they're addicted. They're addicted. If you don't think you're addicted, and I'm talking about anyone, from the highest to the lowest, if you don't think you're addicted, then see if you can turn it off for me. It got quiet in here, didn't it? Didn't it get real quiet? It's a tool. So we should use it. God has blessed us with free will. Now it's free will magnified, free will on steroids. You're free to go in any direction you want. It will allow you, and it's not the enemy. It's just a It's just a reflection of our own, our free, own will. free will oh, and, oh, and, and we, we all, all want to be like light but now we want to be like by 16 million, million. <laughs> and will and now some, some of us do anything, anything to be like light we we, we used, used to do to anything to be like but it was, but the, it was by the, the person in front of you now, now it's to be like by 16 million people that you don't know no we have to ask ourselves what is the long term if not to the short term effect of too much information yeah, so what is the long-term, if not the short-term effect of too much information? And we kind of discussed this yesterday when we were talking about oftentimes it could be just anxiety that leads into depression. When we yeah. talked about that on our last quality pod because now you have all these things that we're either worried about or all these things that are overstimulating us that are taking our attention in all these different directions where we're not able to move towards a and one ultimate goal that's going to help us, you know, become <laughs> become better and to thrive ultimately. So, yeah, I thought that was very interesting. What was your initial reaction to that video? Um, I guess my initial reaction was it made me think more so about, okay, rather than putting out or rather than taking in and consuming like a bunch of stuff on social media, maybe mm -hmm. it's better to put out value rather than than place yourself in a position where you're just constantly consuming stuff. Mm, so instead of being a consumer of all these different things, maybe be more of a producer, but produce the content for people to consume in a healthy like a healthy diet of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's good. I think my initial reactions are that, like, when, basically what I said, when you start to utilize tools in this addictive manner and garner this attachment to it, then the tool is actually using you rather than you using, you know, the tool as is intended. Like, these smartphones, these or things AI. are supposed to help us, or AI. These things are good, and they're supposed to help us, but also in its proper context and when you abuse it outside of its context then you start running into all these different issues to where okay now i'm becoming addicted to social media like i can't let it go i'm addicted to the video game i can't put it down or i mean it extends to substance abuse different things of that nature and so you got to always be mindful of what you are attached to or what you are attached to. So we're gonna do a play-by-play -play of this video. Before that, we're gonna kind of go over what tools, have you been attached to a tool before? Yeah, I've definitely been attached to like TikTok. 
Mm. Not late, not lately or recently, but right. I think when it first came out, mm -hmm. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. There's so many tips and everything. And then I just came to a point where I noticed every time I went on my phone, I would have to click on TikTok. And I was like, mm. okay, this is not, this is not, this is not healthy. healthy. Yeah. So I had to delete it. And like the first week was like, you know, a little twitching, you know, because it's like, oh gosh, I want to go to And you kind of like reach for your phone or every time yeah. you log on your phone, you're like, oh no, I can't it's do not that. It's such a habit. Yeah. And then after that, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm good. So yeah, I see. And sometimes I have to do that with YouTube too. Like I have to delete YouTube for like a week mm -hmm. and then slowly go back into it. So I'm not overindulging. I will say, yeah, YouTube's kind of hard sometimes because I will just open my phone and just go to YouTube just yeah. to have a video on it. I'm like, I don't even want to watch this right now. It's just, I'll just be quiet. So yeah. sometimes I do have to get mindful or be mindful of, okay, let me just set this aside and really focus on the task at hand that I need to complete. And so, but one thing that I was probably attached to, especially like early college was like playing Madden and all that. It was just mm -hmm. like, Man, I'll just stay up all night and play it. I remember I played for like 48 hours straight oh my gosh. at my dad's house one time. What? <laughs> yeah, I was just, just kept playing. I was like trying to get through like seasons and stuff and win mm. the Super Bowl. And so I was like playing like a whole season in a day. And You yeah. know how amazing like it would so be? You know how amazing it would be? Like, like how you're like just determined to get through like whatever seasons, however the game works. Right. If... And like how I was determined to just go on TikTok and learn all this new stuff. Like we would put that same energy into like our own things, I guess. I mean, yeah, like that's the problem with yeah. when you are attached to stuff, it's like, man, you're putting all your energy into this. But if it was actually redirected and refocused in a productive manner, yeah. then imagine what you could be. Mm. And so that's kind of the problem when it comes to being too attached to something, even if it's not like a heavy drug or something that's obviously bad, it could be something simple like TikTok, right? To where it's like, man, like, instead of being on TikTok, consuming things that you could be doing, like all these tips, because yeah. one cop-out is, oh, but I'm learning. Yeah. And it's like, at some point, you gotta, do you gotta apply what you learn, yeah. you see what I'm saying? And so imagine if you took that same energy and you went out and you actually started doing mm -hmm. instead of consuming. I think that's the big thing. So let's uh, get back into this. We're going to do a play by play. It's hard for young people now because they're, they're, they're addicted. If you don't think you're addicted, and I'm talking about anyone, from the highest to the lowest, if you don't think you're addicted, then see if you can turn it off for a I like how he said from the highest to the lowest. Mm -hmm. Like this problem with wanting to be attached doesn't have like it doesn't discriminate against anybody you could be a person of high esteem you could be a person of low esteem but we all have like this drive to be doing something to be wanting to attach ourselves to something and so that's why it is important that you are attached to the right things which is why there shouldn't be any gods before you know god Right, and that's why that commandment is in place so that you attach yourself to something that is proper so that you can orient yourself in the world correctly. Yeah, yeah. it got quiet, quiet. Didn't, it? didn't it get didn't real, it get quiet? real quiet? It's a it's tool, a tool. Amen. So, so we should, we use, should it. use it. God has God blessed us with free will. will. Now it's now free it's will free magnified, magnified, free will, free will on, steroids. on steroids. You're free to go, go in any direction, direction you, want. you want, it will it allow you, and it's not the enemy. 
it's just a map it's it's just a reflection of our own free will i like how he said it's not the enemy yeah go ahead go ahead go ahead speak talk your talk i was just gonna say that I like how he said it's not the enemy because I think a lot of times people would be like, oh, the enemy's like after me or mm-hmm. he's, he's distracting me. And it's like, well, you can also turn away from whatever the distraction is, you know? Right. Like you have this strength, especially if you're following Christ, you have strength in Christ to yes. like pull you away from whatever is hindering you. Sometimes you're your own enemy. Yeah. You're getting in your own way. Sometimes our own free will is more of a reflection of the enemy than it is of God. This is why it is paramount to reflect and be things that are good, excellent, and holy. One, two. They can hear us now. Dang, it took a... All right, y'all can hear us now, correct? Okay. Got thumbs up and a yes. Dang, have we been doing this whole thing? Oh. All right, cool. Oh, did it just cut out or... Did it just cut out after that video, or has it been gone the whole time? Somebody confirm in the chat. After, after. After the video. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, because I was okay. like, I know I programmed this thing right. It must just be when we go to, um, we'll, we'll, we'll work through that. Anyway, all right, so it, that's why it's important to be, well, sometimes we reflect, you know, more of what the enemy is without the enemy having to do something. And so that's why it is important to reflect on things that are pure, on things that are good, on things that are holy, so that you're always moving towards being a reflection of what Christ is. And so if you're not, you know, constantly checking your heart, then it's going to be easy to sway away. Yeah. And be more a reflection of the enemy, even when the enemy hasn't done anything. So yeah, so that's what I was saying. Thank you guys for uh for letting us know in the chat all right let's continue doing our play-by-play oh and and we all want to be light light but now now we want to be like by 16 million million. (laughs) and will now now some some of us do anything anything to be light light. we 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 used to do anything to be light but it was was by the the person in front of you you. now it's to be light by by 16 million people that you don't know we have we to ask. That is a wild concept, right? Because mm-hmm. now that we have social media, which is a great blessing because you get to connect with people all over the world and you get to have opportunities, whether business or friendships, friendships and relationships yeah. that you 
weren't able to have previously, but then it's also can be a curse in the sense of now that instead of trying to be liked and trying to be, you know, well-esteemed for my, you know, community that's around me, I'm trying to be well-esteemed to the world. And that can push you to do some crazy things Mm -hmm. that aren't necessarily ethical or line up with your morals just so that you can be liked. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of crazy how that works. It's like on one hand, it's a very good thing. On the other hand, it could be a very, you know, bad thing that, you know, leads you to destruction. So that's why you always got to be mindful of how you are using tools. Yeah instead of the other way around, the tools using you. Ask ourselves, what is the long term, if not too, too, the short term effect of too much information? Yeah, I like how TJ said, cut out after the old guy. Tall and Shepard back too. He's timeless. <laughs> He's timeless. Anyway, <laughs> what tools are you attached to? We're going to get into our points as we wrap up this segment. So, Kenya. Josh. All right. Oh, hold up. I got to change that. All right. uh, Entertain the people while I fix that. Okay. Yeah, let us know in the chat. Like, what, what tools do you think you guys are attached to? I would be interested to know. I'm sure Josh would be interested to know as well. Anything you guys had to or have to kind of check yourselves on? Curious. TV for kids. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I'm sure like kids would want to just stay up and watch TV all day, any day, if they could, if they had the choice to. TV for kids. <laughs> yeah, I turned to a wild boy, man. <laughs> all right, so I think I got it. Uh, all right, so Kenny's point. My point, but it's on Josh. Yeah. So uh, that's the next one. Mm. All right, there we go. Is that the? Is that so wrong? No, that was, that no was I think it. that was right. All right. Yeah. Okay. So my point is be sure to unplug and experience life. There's more to life than people liking how you look on the surface. And I also think that it's better to be respected than it is to be liked. So rather than doing whatever to make someone like you, maybe be more grounded in your morals and your values and add value to people. I like that. Amen. All right, going to my point, striving to be liked is a noble pursuit because, I mean, you should want to be liked, but also you got to be, you got to want to be liked by the right people. So it's one thing to be liked, but you should be right, liked by 
people who are respected, who are of good character and integrity, if those people like you, then you're on the right track. Because imagine if you're just liked by a bunch of bums. Well, then it's like they're a bunch of bums. Like that doesn't necessarily speak to your character. So is a noble pursuit in the proper context. Why do you want to be liked and by whom are questions you must deeply reflect on with self-awareness, honesty, and humility. So you should always be asking, well, why do I want to be liked by these people? Well, do they have good character? Are they people of integrity? Are these people that I would want to be more like? Like the people that you hang around, you should always constantly want to take something, a good characteristic that they have and adopt it into your own life. And so when you reflect on, well, why do I want to be liked and by whom do I want to be liked? Um, you need to do it with great self-awareness, understanding like who you are and where you are, but also be honest about that and be humble. Right? You can't bring your ego into this like, oh, I'm such a good person and I'm doing the best that I can. It's like, no, like be self-aware and be raw and honest with yourself because that is going to allow for the most growth. And that is what we will leave you with right there. What tools are you attached to? We want to know. We'll be right back with our second segment where we're going to talk about a CIA agent talking about the private life, the public life, and the secret life. So stay tuned. People. I hope you enjoyed that quality segment. We're about to get into another one. But before we do that, I need you to stop and I need you to pause. I need you to share this with another quality person that they can come and be a part of this quality experience. Everybody, all your friends and family in the chat. And let's really drive this conversation forward. We'll see you live right after this break. And we're back. <laughs> How's it going? Thank you guys for being here. Remember to like for the algorithm if you have not done it already. Like for the algorithm! And now we have Josh Prophet back in the house. What's up, guys? So we are back. Let's go ahead and 
Support the platform, like, subscribe, share, send a super chat, email us some topics. Everything is down in the description on how to do all of that because um, we're trying to push out this quality content to more quality people and grow this community. So let's uh, let's see. Da, da, da. I don't have any more comments really. So we are about to get into our second com or second topic. Before we do that, though, I want to remind you of when we will be live again. We're going to be live Thursday, and he's going to have an awesome episode of Faith and Beyond with Miss Amani, correct? Possibly, yes. Possibly. So possibly with Miss Amani. If, if that happens, it'll be around the 730 mark. So yes. make sure that you are locked and tuned in and set your calendars for then. Hopefully that's not too early and not too late for you, May Day. <laughs> I know I appreciate you being here and I know last night was a pretty late stream, but mm-hmm. it was a very good stream. Um, so make sure if you didn't check out the profitable conversation from last night that you go and, you know, scroll through it and see some of that quality content as well. On to our second topic, the secret life. So a CIA agent has been, you know, making a press run over the last couple of years and talking about you know, some of the things that he learned in the CIA. And one thing that he learned was about the private life, uh, or one thing that they teach them in the CIA, is that everybody has three lives, public, private, and secret. And he is going to break that down for us. Before he does that, I got a question. And that question is, how is your private life? So that's what I want you to think about as you watch this next video. So when you so first when you walk first up to somebody, somebody you've got to keep, keep in mind, mind that nobody is what they, is what they appear, to be. appear to be. Nobody. nobody. Every human Every being human has, being three, has lives. three lives. It's what, it's we're, what taught. we're taught. Ooh, three, lives. three lives. There's, There's a, a public, public life, life, a secret, secret life, and a, and a private, private life. life right? right? So the so order the is public life, private life, secret life. The public life is what we're all presenting to each other. It's what we want to appear as in public. It's a pretty self-explanatory, right? So public life is what you portray. Essentially, this is kind of a public life. This is, I feel like being on YouTube is a mix, like in the setting that we're doing, a public and private. But it's more so public because you do still get to filter out, especially if you edit your videos. When you're doing it live, they have more of a insight to your private life, in a sense, because you're being more raw and unfiltered. But... Yeah, I mean, YouTube and being a personality is definitely public-facing, but also can creep into that private, which he is about to expound about. Right, right. You want to you look want to cool, cool and, suave and suave and handsome, and, handsome and you want to sound nice, and you want to surround yourself, yourself with, with nice things, because, because that's, that's what, you, that's what you, want you want the public, public to, perceive to perceive about you. About you. It may not it may be real, not be real but, but it doesn't have, it doesn't to, be have real. to be real. If they perceive it to be true, then you have won, because you have just manipulated their perception. That's why broke-ass high school and college kids will still wear nice name-brand stuff, so they don't look like they're broke-ass students. Then you've got your private life. Now, your private life is what your closest confidants know about you. So what your wife might know about you, what your close friends know about you, what your parents know about you. So publicly, nobody knows my feet smell bad. Privately, my wife knows my feet smell bad. But I'm never going to make that part of my public persona because it goes against what I'm trying to display as an image. So yeah. So yeah, private life is more so like, okay, these are things that you know my closest people know about me, but yeah, the whole world, they don't even know my feet smell. They don't need to know that 
I don't know, I have bad morning breath or something like that. Or, you know, it's just only the things that, you know, my closest members of my inner circle kind of know and understand about me. So here you've got these two lives. lives. When you meet a stranger, stranger, they're presenting presenting their public public life. life. Always. Always. Most Most of your connections, most most of your friends, friends, unless they are in the private life, life, they are all in the public life. Your coworkers, your customers, these are all people who you are dealing with, you're interacting with on a public life to public life level. We haven't even talked about the secret life. So we're going to talk about the secret life, but first I want to make sure that we have our private life and public life in order. So what do you think is the line between the public and private life? How do you keep them like divided, but in a healthy way? Mm, I don't know if I like necessarily agree that they should be divided because I feel like it makes things like inauthentic. But I guess if you were to divide it, it would be based off of who you're talking to, like if you can trust them or not, and if you're comfortable talking to them about whatever would be deemed as private. Mm, Okay, I see what you're saying. So yeah, I think the way I'm thinking about it is you're still the same person in your public life. You just don't reveal as much information. You don't give people all of you. And so I think one of the big things is like celebrities or people who are super public, right? And um, when people start making all these accusations about their character and everything, and they're like, whoa, 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 like, y'all don't know who I am. And it's like, well, yes, we do. You put all your stuff online. It's like, no, y'all really don't know who I am. Y'all see the persona of what I portray and what I represent, whether they represent, you know, things that we would consider good or things that, you know, we wouldn't necessarily align ourselves with. That's still the persona that they perceive. But then beyond that persona is, you know, this person who has relationships with you know other people in a familiar setting and that person can probably open up a little bit more and you know reveal more of you know who they are beyond their public persona not that it's you know I guess inauthentic it's just a deeper level of you know who they are does that make sense Mm -hmm. that's how I thought about it at least I see where you're coming from yeah so I, and I think one of the big things is Hannah Montana. So you have Hannah Montana, who's like this front-facing you know, superstar, and then you have you know, the Miley or whatever yeah. her name was. I think her name was still Miley, yeah. who's like, okay, I'm actually this person. Now, I think there is a little bit of incongruency there because sometimes when you're a star like that, in your public life, you do things that you wouldn't necessarily rock within your private life and I think that's when you get the inauthenticity Mm. of it when they're not seamlessly congruent right so the public life should just be you know just a small slither of who you are but it should still just bleed into the private life to where people get the public life but and then they get all of the they get just more of the private life yeah so if someone like first meets you and you give them their your public self I guess like what you show everybody and then they become your friend and you're like okay this person can get to know more about me like they're invited into my home right kind of thing then they see more of you you're still the same person but there's just more Mm -hmm. I mean you can think about it in tears right so like 
or a Patreon or a subscription. So you have bronze, right? And that's the public life. Mm -hmm. So you only get a certain amount of perks with the bronze. It's like, oh yeah, pretty much everybody has bronze. But then you pay a little extra or you get to know somebody a little bit more and now you're in the silver and that's their private life. And you're like, oh, like I get everything that was with the bronze that everybody has access to. Plus I get, you know, exclusive offers, exclusive deals, all that different type of stuff. And then if you're able to work into the secret life, well, that's the gold. And that is what our guy is going to talk about now. The secret, the secret life, life is the life that, life that you don't, that you don't share, share with any, anyone. It's that it's place that where your darkest, darkest thoughts, thoughts, your biggest, biggest vulnerabilities, vulnerabilities, it's where, it's they, where they live, live and, and convince you every day not to share them with your spouse, spouse. Mm-hmm. not to not share to them share with, them your, with parents. your parents, the things the that make you feel horrible about yourself, the things that you that you wonder if they're really true, but you're afraid to even ask the question because what would they think? They the public life, they the private life. How would people judge me? That makes me think about the one video that we reacted to last week where the guy was talking about he was talking about he doesn't want to share whatever with people because he feels like they're not going to be his friends anymore oh yeah 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 that's this is what makes me think of that hmm. so i guess like going back to transparency and vulnerability personally we all have we all a secret, have a secret life, too. life too. For some people, For some secret, people life secret life is big. big. Mm. For some people, some secret people life is quite, quite small. small. But you've got, but these, you got three these three lives. lives. So when so I when approach somebody, somebody in spy mode or in business mode or in social mode, mode. I, know I know I'm dealing, I'm dealing with the public, with public life first. first. So, so are you so trying to peel beneath that? Sometimes in spy mode, you have two objectives. Objective number one is to get into someone's private life as quickly as possible. Because if you're not, unless you're in someone's private life, you'll never get Oh, so he's giving us a little bit of insight of how spies work. They kind of work on this. Okay, let me keep working up the ranks into these different people's lives. Now, we are going to, you know, spin this and put this into context of how you can apply this in your own life when thinking about, oh, your three different lives and how to, de- how to best divide them up so that you're optimize and how you move and have your being. Objective, Objective number, number two, two, once you're once in, private, you're in life, private life, is to, is become, to become one of the one few people, people that will that ever penetrate their secret, secret life. life. And, there's and there's only, only one reason why you want to penetrate someone's secret life. life. Because, because once, once you're, you're there, there, you never, you never leave. leave. Once, someone once someone has trusted, trusted you with a, with a secret, secret life secret, their fealty to you, their loyalty to you is beyond question forever. So who should be in the secret life? Well, based on what he said, I guess technically nobody except yourself. But I feel like it should be, I guess, whoever, like your close people. Like, maybe like one or two people, like your spouse and your best friend or something like Mm. that. Or your spouse and sibling or best friend and best friend. So I don't know. I feel like it should be maybe like a handful like two or three people. Oh, yeah. No, I would definitely, definitely agree with that. I think it's going to be a significant other spouse um, or somebody who's, you know, grown up with you over a long period of time that you truly trust. Yeah. And if you watch his whole podcast that he was on there, he talks about how he and his wife 
they're very much in each other's secret life. So like, I think it's not that nobody should be in your secret life. It's just that a lot of times people put up walls so that nobody's in their secret life. So that it's like, oh no, um, I'm not letting any of this out because if I let it out, I'm not sure how even people in my private life that I'm close to will think of me, let alone people in the public life. Mm-hmm. So let's get into our points here, starting with Miss Kenya. All right, my point is it's important to let a handful of faithful friends, keyword faithful friends and family in on your secret life, holding back the secret or hidden truth can lead to an inauthentic life. No one can hold something against you if it's already out in the open and secrets never stay secrets for long. Okay. My point is the most optimal relation between the three lives is to keep all circles tight with people who show they want the best for you on a continual basis. So essentially, I mean, your public personas, you know, your public persona, you obviously want to have a good reputation because that's how you get opportunities to, you know, further your career or get opportunities to do things that you would like to accomplish in life. But when it comes to your private life and your secret life, those should be reserved for people that you respect and you trust. Because if it's reserved to too many people who are outsiders looking in and they have access to your private life, well, then it's going to be easier to be swayed into doing things that are inauthentic to you. Right, whether it's you know going against your moral compass or you know you you just have too many voices in your head because like those people don't matter they don't know you the way that these people know you so you need to get a tight circle of people that you revere and respect and you need to hold their words above anything that the public would say and so I think keeping a tight circle of friends and family that you trust is paramount in that situation so that you know you can move forward in the best way. So let us know what you think. How is your private life? We kind of gave you a little bit of insight on you know, how to navigate that, but we'd like to know your thoughts. We'll be back with our last segment on being equally yoked, and we're gonna tie that into secret life and attachments, so stay tuned. Hey guys, welcome to the Conscious Outlet Podcast. We are officially a part of the Quality Entertainment Network and we are so happy to be here. I'm Miracle Monique. And I'm Alan J. And we're here to discuss the intersection of culture, faith, media, so we can inspire some practical solutions to some huge societal challenges that we're facing today. So let's work together to get this done. Quality. 
We just talked about the private life. Now it's time to get into our third and final topic. Being equally yoked. Quality people, I need you to like for the algorithm algorithm, because we're on a mission to spread some practical religion. If you want a deep dive on these topics a little bit more, make sure that you, you know, join our Facebook group. Um, She just put in the link there. Also, the link is in our description. If you go and you join our Facebook group, you'll send us basically a request and we'll grant that request, let you in and you can start having some quality conversations with the people in there. Had a great conversation this past week about, you know, just worship songs and people were trading and sending links and everything. It was a great conversation. So uh, make sure that you are doing that. All right, being equally yoked. What does that mean, Kenya? Same values. That's, that's it? Just simply the same values? I mean, I think lump sum, lump sum of everything. Overall, I guess if I had to put it in two words, it would be same values, same morals. I'm just on the same page in general? Same page, same book. I like it. Same I like paragraph. It. Yep. All right. Now, we have a video from Alan Parr that you know, describes where this even comes from. Because a lot of people think yolk, they think egg yolk, and that's not, it's not even spelled the same. So we're going to get into what that means in the context of what it was trying to say in that verse. Before we get into that, though. I got a question. And that question is, are your relationships equally yoked? And so it talks specifically about being equally yoked in a marriage, but that can extend to all of your relationships. So mm-hmm. are your friendships, are they equally yoked? Like the people in your private life, are those people equally yoked? Now, you're always going to interact with people who don't have necessarily the same exact values of you or maybe have values that are different than you. And that's fine, that's just being in the world, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be of the world, right? And so, but when it comes to your private life and those tight circle of friends, and then, of course, your secret life, then you need to make sure that everybody is on the same page in the same book. Let's take a look at this video from Alan Parr. Paul uses uses the imagery imagery here of two two animals animals whose necks necks are connected by something that's that's called a yoke. And so farmers farmers would often often yoke animals animals together, together, either to carry carry heavy heavy loads or to plow plow fields. fields. And so every farmer was taught that you never connect a yoke, let's say a horse, with an ox because they differed in size, in strength, in ability, and in purpose. And so be equally yoked. Isn't well, I mean, it's about being on the same page, but it's also about being of the same essence in general, or of it's, in essence, it's of being of the same essence. That's what I do. That was a word word salad. <laughs> but uh, you wouldn't want to have a donkey, you know, plowing something with an ox because one is stronger than the other and one takes command differently than the other. A donkey's normally stubborn and an ox is just going to do what it tells you. And so even like even with the ox being stronger and more responsive, it's going to do more work naturally and it's going to get tired faster and the work's not going to be get done efficiently because the two things aren't on the same page. Like one's going to be pushing and one's going to be pulling. It's not going to do a good job. And so 
you would want two oxen who are going to listen, who are going to be responsive, and who are going to basically have equal strength to push that thing forward so that the work can get done effectively. And so that's what Paul was using when he you know, wrote that piece of scripture. And when and they, when they did, did that, that, they would they find, find that, that one, one animal, animal would control or overtake, or overtake the, the other one, one sending, sending them both, them both in, the in the wrong direction. direction. And, as, and a result, as a result, the field, the field would never, would get, never plowed. get plowed. So I want to so give, you, give three you three practical, practical ways, ways that you can that identify. identify. Mm. Now that was good because if you're unequally yoked, what's going to happen is one person's going to go in one direction and you're either going to have to try to follow and go off the path yeah. Towards, you know, your ultimate purpose or you're going to continue towards your ultimate purpose, but that person's still just going to rear off the path away from you. And then you just so, grow apart. And you grow apart. And so if there's not that central thread, which should be God pulling you back together, even on things that you're not necessarily completely aligned on. Right. If you're never able to come back together, almost like a braid, then you're. It's not going to work. It's doomed to fail because you aren't equally yoked. Uh, that you uh, that may you be may in an unequally yoked relationship. relationship. And the first, and the first is, is that there is, is there a, is a difference, difference in spiritual maturity. maturity. I want to talk, want to talk specifically, specifically to the women for just a moment because, because I see so, so many Christian, Christian women settling for a man who is either unable or disinterested in leading you spiritually. So when you marry somebody who is not able to be your spiritual leader, what ends up happening is you will consistently find yourself caught between the tension of obeying God and submitting to your husband. So what ends up happening is you and you end up growing spiritually, spiritually and, then and then there's this, there's this major, major part, of you, part of you, the most important part of you, that you, that you are not, not able, able to share with, share with your husband because, because he's, he's not able or interested in relating to you on that on level. That or, level. Or, oh, no, no. I mean, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> yeah, that's a sad thing because it's like, that should be something, like one of the first things that's brought up when you're yeah, dating absolutely. or when you go into a relationship, especially if you're trying to explore it romantically, is... Hey, this is a part, a big part of who I am, mm-hmm. right? And if that's not a big part of who they are, well, there's some in, there, that's incongruent, and that's going to, you know, like not going to lead to a successful relationship, at least in a romantic setting. Not saying that y'all can't be engaged in like a friendship or be acquaintances or what yeah. have you, but romantically, when you're having to share your private life and even venture into that secret life. Well, what's gonna happen? And it's also important, like, not to take someone's word on it. Like, if you do bring up the question, like, "Hey, like, what are you? Where are you on your faith walk?" Like, it's very important to me. And the guy's like, "Oh yeah, it's important to me too." You have to make sure that his actions show it. Also, so like, if you guys are like out eating dinner and you're like, "Oh, can you pray?" And he's like, "I don't pray out loud," then he's like, you know, <laughs> that's probably not it for you. Has that happened to you? Yes. Mm. It has. You tell. Oh, it was just like a date. And then I was like, yeah, can you pray? And then he was like, yeah, I don't really pray out out loud like that. And I was like, okay, well, this is not it. (laughs) (laughs) So he was saying he prayed. He just didn't pray out loud. Yeah. Mm. 
And I was like, mm, can't leave me. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> or what ends or what up ends happening, happening oftentimes, oftentimes is that your, is that your spiritual, spiritual growth, growth ends up, ends up being, being stunted. stunted. So if you're so with somebody that's not able to be your spiritual leader, leader I'm not saying break up with them or end the relationship, but I would say look for two things before you marry them. First of all, are they teachable? Can you put them under men that will lead them and teach them how to be a spiritual leader? And then second of all, are they showing tangible signs of spiritual growth? So when it comes to the teachable thing, I think that's uh, that's a little wishy-washy for me, right? Because it's like, how do you know if somebody's teachable? Especially if you're not a teacher or a coach or somebody in that position. Mm. You can only really go off the signs of, like, if they're showing spiritual growth. So I, I definitely agree with the second one. I would say, I mean, maybe you can tell someone's teachable if they're, like, like they show interest <clears throat> in growing their faith, they might not be where they are or where they want to be at that point in time, but maybe mm -hmm. they're like, oh yeah, I want to go, I don't know, to this conference or I want to get involved in this men's group or whatever. I got you. So maybe it's like that. No, so I, I definitely hear that. But also, you can still keep going and then, you know, like there's, there's that... You know, this idea of just people going to the altar every single Sunday and yeah. they fall off the wagon and then yeah. they go to the altar every single Sunday and it's like this repeated no cycle. Progress. So how do you judge whether it's going to be, okay, this person is going to be somebody who's just going to repeat cycles versus, oh no, this person was actually teachable and they're showing signs of growth. I can engage with this person. I mean, I mean, wouldn't, I guess if, if they were truly like progressing and growing in their faith, there would be fruit attached to it. So I guess if there's, you know this, like there are cycles and there aren't good fruit coming from it, then mm. I guess it's, that's how you'd be like, okay, this is just not going anywhere. No, that makes sense. Well, should you even engage in them if it's going to be that much of a project? No. Or yeah, because that's that's <laughs> no. kind of my thought. Like, well, Personally, I mean, no. now if y'all are both kind of in that season, well, yeah. then that equally makes sense. Yoked, you know? Yeah, because then you're equally yoked. But if you're like, now I've been sold out, yeah. and this is my life. Well, now it's almost like you're doing trying a, to doing like a community service like a and raising this person up, and it's yeah. like no, maybe. You know, give them guidance, but hold off on Anything any meaningful serious. romantic relationship until they get to a level of spiritual maturity to where y'all are both on the same page and y'all are both equally yoked. And that's when you can let them into your private life yeah. and then subsequently into your secret That kind of goes into like praying with someone too. Like if they're not on the same spiritual parallel <laughs> if they're not on the same yokeness I guess um, <laughs> um, like a lot of times people will be like oh yeah you should pray with your significant other I think maybe it might be better not to pray with someone unless you know like you guys are on the same togetherness. No, just level. Yeah, level. 
No, I feel you. The second way that you can tell that you're in a relationship that is unequally yoked is not only if you have different spiritual maturity, but if you have different values. Let's say you want to give money to the church, and yet they don't see the point of it, so they would rather use that same money to purchase new furniture. Or let's say you value church involvement. You want to serve. You want to use your gifts. You want to get involved. And they see it as you're up at the church too much. Or you value the word of God as being the final authority upon which all major decisions should be, should made, be made, and they, and they see, see it as simply it as just simply some just old, antiquated, antiquated book, book that is no longer relevant for their life, for their life that, that was written, was written by, by man and not by God. God. Or, in or in terms of prayer, prayer. you want to pray, pray together, and they have, and no, they have interest no interest in, and maybe they don't know how to pray. Even different tensions in terms of raising children. And finally, let's say you have a moral belief that you are willing to stand for, and yet this person instead continues to tempt you and pressure you to go against something that you believe is morally wrong. I mean, yeah, that's kind of just speaking to what we were just alluding to. If you're not on the same page, right, you're, if you're not able to, you know, pray together, like, shouldn't even engage if y'all aren't on the the same spiritual level, because then it's just, it's not going to be fruitful for either of you. You're going to feel like, oh, like, this person can't this do so this. And they're going to probably feel inadequate. And so it's just not going to work. So it's. If you if this person has to be a project, then it's not somebody you should engage in romantically. Now, that doesn't mean that there's different levels, right? No, I need to. There's different levels. So when you are in a romantic relationship, the level of being equally yoked has to be tight. Like y'all have to be on almost the same thread. Now, when it goes into you know, friendships and you know relationships with family members it could be slightly looser right people can be on slightly different levels as long as they're pursuing the same ultimate purpose in Christ right because they're not people that are ultimately going to you know engage deeply in your private life and ultimately into your secret life sometimes they're going to be more you know a little more outside of you know this deep connection with you and so you can be I would hate to say less equally yoked, but the tension doesn't have to equal like, you know, the decimal numbers don't have to be exact. You know what I mean? It could be 99.99 instead of 99.9999. See what I'm saying? So, yeah. All of these different different values values can create create friction friction and tension and ultimately ultimately break break down the relationship. relationship. And so the third and final final way that you can tell that you may be in an unequally yoked relationship is if you have different purposes. I'm not talking so much about two purposes underneath the umbrella of Christian service, such as one person wants to do youth ministry and the other person wants to do audio video. I'm talking more so about where one person is committed, totally sold out to a life of Christian service and the other person is just as passionate about about a, life a life that's committed, that's committed to, to uh, the, uh, corporate the corporate world, world entertainment, entertainment world, or the sports, or the sports world. world. Because, because what ends up happening is both people end up giving, up giving all their time, energy, energy passion, passion, attention, and money, and money to the individual purposes. purposes. And then, and then as, a result, as a result, their lives and their path will go in different directions. They'll grow apart. That'll create tension and friction in the relationship. Or one person will feel like they have to give up their passion for the good of the relationship, which oftentimes leads to a deep-seated resentment. Amen. I mean, yeah, when you when you are headed towards the same ultimate purpose, right? And it's okay to have different it's okay to have different 
hobbies and different passions, right? But ultimately, what's at the top of this umbrella of values, that's got to be the same. That's got to be, all right, we're headed to improve in a Christ-like manner. It's Christ's improvement over anything that involves the self, right? And it's good to have things for yourself. It's good to, you know, like sports and to be passionate about sports, right? But that has to take a back seat to your ultimate pursuit to be more Christ-like. And if it's not, well, then it's going to be hard. Well, if both people aren't on the same page about that, then it's going to be hard to sustain a healthy, meaningful relationship. Let's get into our points as we wrap up today's live. Here is Kenya's point. Determine the yokeness level early on so you don't waste time. So like what we were talking about with dating or getting to know somebody, understand where you are on your spiritual walk with the Lord and understand where the other person is and from there make a decision based off of that. Mm, like that. So my point is for you to be equally yoked, both people's ultimate purpose must align or complement. And so your ultimate purpose has to be in Christ. And obviously we have different roles as far as what that looks like. Like Alan Parr was saying, like, as long, if you're still serving in the church or just serving Christ in whatever way, it could look different. One person could be over the youth ministry or working with the youth, and one person could be doing like audio video stuff and media stuff, right? That's not a misalignment of their ultimate purpose those purpose or that purpose actually complements each other and so they either have to be the same all right we're both going to be ministers and serve god faithfully that's a that's a equally like a direct alignment or they have to complement where one person is you know the purposes are complementary to each other if there is any incongruence you will be doomed to fail in any relationship and so this expounds upon, you know, just your romantic relationships, like a friendship. If you and it's not necessarily when I say fail, it doesn't necessarily mean in a bad way, because sometimes you just grow apart from people like there's multiple people I grew up with that I was really good friends with at one point, And now we're not because either we went to different schools or we got to high school and we started hanging out with different crowds of people. And when that relationship, it failed, not in a bad way. It's just that, no, we grew apart because ultimately we were interested in different things, right? And it's not that there was any ill will that's there or malice if we see that person. It's just, oh, no, like they went their way, I went mine. So that just shows you the power of being congruent. Just, you know, your past relationships with all these different people who you were cool with but then you grew apart, and it's so easy. That can easily happen in a romantic relationship if you aren't aligned on, you know, your core values and your ultimate purpose. So, are your relationships equally yoked? We want to know. So leave your answers down in the comments section. We want to thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Equality Pod. We will be back in action on Thursday, or rather Kenya. Well, I'm going to be just producing, so I will be in action. Mm -hmm. um, but Thursday, 
Um, hopefully, we'll have Miss Amani on if uh, if the schedule scheduling and everything lines up. So stay tuned for that to be scheduled. Thank you for rocking with us today. We will see you on Thursday.